Hi, this is Logos Legacy. Today, I'm interviewing Leila Rose. Hi. Hi. Yay. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm really grateful to be here with you in the virtual world. <laughs> so is this the first Connecting time you've been interviewed? Um, I was interviewed once on Earth Wellness and um, by another friend um, about like a year or two ago when Corona was bubbling. <laughs> so this is my third time being interviewed. Very exciting. <laughs> well, um, so I suppose, well, if I were to introduce you, um, you're an inner child healer, a theater practitioner, a quantum comedian, and a perspective artist. So tell me, what does that mean? <laughs> uh, okay, yay. Well, um, an inner child healer means, for me, there is nothing almost to heal in our inner child. It's actually our true guru. So for me, it's actually like a remembrance, creating remembrance for our inner child innocence to come through and feel safe in our body. So inner child healing work for me is more of like reconnecting with our inner guidance system. That's like the purest, most unique fragrance of source energy that we express and allowing it to feel safe and integrated and fully expressed in our physical bodies. So that's a little bit about the inner child, what that inner child healing, what that is for me and with clients. And then the Theta practitioner is something I've been trained in many things like Qigong healing and yoga and Theta has been the most powerful healing modality that I resonated with the most that I've been trained in. And Theta is literally um, going into Theta brainwave state through guided imagery and into the seventh dimension of unconditional love and limitless possibility into our subconscious mind <clears throat> and literally extracting all these programs that we may have absorbed from our upbringing, our genetics, our history, our soul journey. And so it's kind of like clearing work to clear out anything our subconscious may have recorded, kind of like clearing out a DVD player or hard drive and then in reinstalling the ones that are in alignment with our highest truth, which is our inner child. So it's actually all done through stillness and closed eyes. And I do it on myself daily because we're always like absorbing, um, we're absorbing from our environment, from our society. So it's like almost like energetic hygiene for me. And so that is something I've been working with a lot and receiving a lot. It's been really profound. Um, kind of like changing the game, the video game you're playing. And so that's um, a little bit about Theta healing. And then um, Quantum Comedian. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Can I come in actually? Um, I decide, I don't know. I got this intuitive understanding, just as you're say, talking, that it, re it really is literally like it's, it's hygiene. And we think of it uh -huh. as like, we might think of it as some special thing some special technique, mm. but actually we've forgotten that that's basic hygiene. Mm-hmm, yeah, L yeah. It's like, yes, I love that you said that because I had that epiphany yesterday where um, I was in this um, very aligned state, like full synchronicity unfolding. Do you know those moments where things just happen in perfect time? You meet the people at the perfect time, you get a gift that's 
the perfect gift that you're supposed to give to somebody else. Yeah. And I went to a dance experience, an essential dance experience, and it was lovely. It was tons of people dancing and expressing themselves and playing. And I came back with so much energy from dialogues I had with people and from energy that I encountered. And I was like, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I just need to do a clearing. I just need to clear out that energy, just like I have a shower after dance and clean off the sweat. So I feel like we weren't brought up to understand that we need energetic hygiene, especially as sensitive empathic beings, which is our superpower, our sensitivity. So we're literally, yeah, it's like doing clearing work. It's not like we need to become something. It's more of like clearing out so we can be who we are naturally, like both the inner child work and healing and the theta. It's basically mostly clearing work and integrating who we already are which is what i love witnessing do you like include, being like oh my god <laughs> I already do you this. have a daily grounding technique yeah um i've actually been i i've always been switching it up a little because that's how i am like i'm a very flowy creature that needs variety but recently i've really like found the things that i love looking forward to every day so one is very simple meditation, like just being with everything as it arises and breathing simply and feeling it as it is. Um, so whatever pain I feel in my body or emotions, I just feel it, be with it, love it so I can be neutral. And then another one is nature, just taking a quick walk in nature with my pup and also um, conversing, free writing with my soul I asked, hey, soul, is there anything you want to share with me today? And then just free write. And there's always like a, hey, hey, love, this is what's up. <laughs> so I'd say those. And then also blindfolded movement. I move with these blindfolds. <laughs> so I just forget about what things huh. look like. And I bring in my authentic rhythm into my body and invite it in through feeling. So I'd say that those are the main ones. And then there are many other things that I pick and choose that I have like a buffet of things <laughs> doodling and with like mandalas and it's always lovely to feel it what brings us peace you know and what brings us peace is always I believe what leads us into our purpose and our prosperity and so there are a bunch of other things but those are the main things <laughs> that I've been doing is there such a thing as a, as a an excited peace Ooh, yes. I love that question. Yeah, there is. Um, I feel I was always like a fiery, excited creature. And I realized, especially in these past two years, that a lot of it was actually coming from a, fi a fight or flight and survival and PTSD. And so I was always mm -hmm. like very fiery and alive and creative and this year, I've been like, I want to feel peace. I want to feel neutrality. I want to feel stillness. And there was a voice that was like, wait, but are you going to be creative? Are you going to be of service if you're this peaceful? And I found that there's a bridge where when we cultivate enough peace, we start getting really excited to share what brings us peace with other people. And when we share what brings us peace with other people, that's where the passion and excitement comes in. Because we start feeling a ripple effect of how powerful we are by coming into our own alignment and we begin seeing I literally feel the world transform as I cultivate my peace and what brings me joy so it emerges yeah 
<laughs> the old approach you had, did you have this feeling where if someone didn't accept what you wanted to share, that you would feel affronted? Mm, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a like, needy it went, sharing, isn't it? Yeah, it was like um, a lot of it was from like this love that I hadn't received from when I was this little child, right? So part of it was like, here, love me, receive me. I'm worthy. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing these gifts. Please accept it. And it was funny because when performing the quantum comedy, there would be people that would walk out or there would be people that would judge because it's very extreme, that form of art that I do. And it was a, a wonderful practice ground to also learn, you know, whatever would heal me, I would immediately want to push it onto somebody else. And um, it's been a practice to actually trust that the, that divine alignment will just feel so neutral and peaceful when you're meant to share your gifts. And that there's a massive difference between when the divine and creator is orchestrating it and it's beyond our control versus when I think I need to share this gift with somebody. So that's been a part of the process too. Yeah, the rejection part and... Um, some judgment being too much and learning that it's my job to accept myself as I am and give to myself and then trust that that divine alignment will come for when people are ready to receive. I'd say that's been yeah. a detox. <laughs> I've had something like that where I feel like oh, they, someone doesn't get it. You just want to explain mm. to them so they can understand, but mm, there's, yeah. there's a hurting place where that comes from. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. I, I went traveling this year to like different communities in Costa Rica and Guatemala, and there was a resonance when somebody is vibrating at your frequency and you're more less operating out of like trauma or fight or flight. And we tap into our authentic rhythm and our unique fragrance of how we move in this reality. We meet people that are in resonance and that feels way less distortion there's an understanding you can feel the telepathic connection and you can feel that there's no attachment or control or expectation what will I get from this and that's the really juicy 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 connections and giving and receiving that's been coming through more and more and more and I feel is like our natural way of giving and receiving <laughs> it's actually it actually feels safer doesn't it <clears throat> Oh yeah, it feels safe because it, it feels like, I love thinking of it as like feeling like you're a paintbrush that's being moved by the great artist, the creator, like our one body together is the great oneness, the great game, the great painting, the great work of art, and that we get to experience ourselves as, as we tap into our inner child, as we cl we're clear and we're operating out of our rhythm and out of our excitement and joy, we get to feel like this undeniable connection to source energy. And that is like the synchronicities are so crazy. There's no uh, other way than to feel safe. There's, and it's addicting. You want more of it. You're like, oh yeah, I want to come back into alignment. And it gets easier and easier and easier because we all have everything we need to come back into alignment through the inner child and through being clear. <laughs> and our process to get to that is actually 
our purpose to share with others, how we got there. How did you connect to source? You know, how did you um, find your peace, your joyful peace? Or well, how did so, you, what's your story? Oh, please. <laughs> so um, my story um, is I, I was like, ooh, where do I begin? What age? Okay, eight. I'll begin eight. Okay. So actually when I was eight, it was when I entered kind of like the school system a little like a year after that. Um, I'll begin a little earlier. So I remember as a child, I felt like I was purely connected to source energy and to creator. Like there was this unwavering doubt in love and forgiveness and surprises and abundance. And all the adults around me were like very, very dark, fearful, depressed angry fighting and I didn't understand pain I didn't understand depression I couldn't understand it and then I fell into it like I empathed it for my family and my mother and I fell into this deep depression actually around eight nine we moved to Israel and um, it was just like a very dark time for me I didn't understand the language in Israel I felt very disconnected I was put down a grade it was like feeling like a total alien on the planet. And this depression actually was with me for a pretty long time, affecting my body from a very young age. I remember feeling I'm depressed at eight. And um, around like my early twenties, no matter what I was doing, I knew, I remembered that I was here for a reason and a mission to share he the healing power of play and how easy it could be. Cause I remembered from being a child how easy I remembered it could be. And I was communicating with like angels and guides and felt super connected. And then once when I was like totally broken down, I think I was a preschool teacher then, I like laid on the floor in Israel on a cold tile floor in my living room. And I was like, oh my God, why? Why all this? Why am I here? Why? And it was just like getting more and more painful. And then I began asking a different question. Like as I was just melting into this pain and like surrendering, it was like, what if there's a reason for this? And I started feeling energy in my body. And I was like, what if there are other people suffering from the same thing? And there's a reason I'm going through this because when I get through this, I'll be able to help others. And then I started get, feeling even more excitement in my body. So my body, my physical body was getting energized and I started feeling connected again to source by playing with the right questions, which is where the perspective art comes in. How do we play with our perspective? How do we ask the right questions as you're doing to co-create a beautiful story for all humans? So that was, I would say the moment it shifted. And then these moments of immense pain began to be portals where I cultivate peace and cultivate purpose and cultivate um, passion. And so it's actually a book that I, just wrote the first draft of is from pain to purpose through play it's all about the keys that begin with p's that bring us from pain to purpose and the stages of it it's all they begin with p's it's funny and um and how we can cultivate constant the playgrounds of pure possibility because we're meant to be free we're meant to be playing we're meant to be that's why we're here so that's a little bit of a very long 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 story but that's how it all began. 
is I'm here to help people because healers wouldn't understand me either. I'd go to psychologists and healers and they'd be like, okay, you're fixed up. Okay. Just got to do some, like something's off. Like people don't, I feel this pain. It feels really real. It feels like it's speaking to me. Yeah. Did you have that understanding? Like, it sounds like you just suddenly you knew that you could teach others based on your experiences mm. of that pain and that is all for a reason and it just came to you right yeah i mean now i it, it now when whenever i feel like we're in that alignment with source and in our rhythm it's like oh i always knew this i knew this before i was born it all connects all the moments but there was a very extreme, few very extreme moments where things just came to me. And the first really painful moment I remember was on that day on that tile floor in Israel when I started changing the questions from victimizing questions to curious questions that made me feel lighter in my body. What if this is for a reason? What if people need this help? And I started finding the questions that brought life into my body. And so it's kind of like a little kid playing hide and go seek. And it's like, how do you ask the right questions to reconnect with your soul and what you always knew? It feels like remembrance. It never feels like learning something. Remember, it's a remembrance. So actually my journey, very different than many. We each have our own unique journey. That's what's Mm. so beautiful. It's like a puzzle. We each have our unique puzzle piece and journey. And that's why we all have what to share. We're all essential for ascension. And so for me, my journey has been very different in the way that pain for me, like when I'm feeling depressed or sad, that's a sacred time for me. That's where my, where I connect to creator and I get the tools to share with other people. How I cultivate peace from pain is my mission. It's my purpose. It's where my prosperity comes in. So everything I share with people was how I healed myself and utilized, played with the pain help it turn into pure life force like literally it's like a puzzle piece being molded so we can all be part of it (laughs) pure life force is called prana oh it's another p i gotta put it in i'm telling you these p's are endless it's crazy every time like there would be i literally felt these like unseen beings gifting me p's and i'm like come on are you serious another p I only had three at the beginning. It was like play, perspective, and then it was perception. And I was like, three Ps, cool, I got it. I'm going to share that with people. And then again, the pain would come and it would be like, okay, now it's powers. Okay, now it's peace. And it's like, I'm like, ah, I can't. (laughs) It's just too funny. It's constant Ps. It's like endless. I don't know what it is about the letter P, but it's purely... (laughs) purely preposterous <laughs> it is <laughs> yeah uh, funny so speaking of P uh, what is perspective art mm. perspective art um, for me is you know um, seeing you know seeing our perspectives our beliefs as an art piece So there's something about art that enables us to be more free and curious. Oh, it's just a work of art. I'm just creating art. And there's this whole like old societal programming that there's an ultimate truth and then there are the lies. 
there's right and then there's wrong. There's reality and then there's what's not real and there's illusion. And in these higher states of consciousness, which is who we truly are, that's why we're here. It's not something we need, a, it's a remembrance. There is no perspective that's gonna be ultimately right, good, bad, right. They all collide and create chaos and force us into our heart, but we still need our mind. So what happens is the heart becomes the great artist of using perspectives to tell our story and share it as a medicine with others. That's how native people did it, do it. They share through storytelling. They co-create realities through words. And abracadabra, you know where it comes from? Abracadabra. Uh, it, not sure. It comes from ancient Aramaic, Hebrew. Evra kedabra. I create as I speak. So abracadabra literally means I create as I speak. And so the ultimate way to create is through words. And when we see it as an art, it kind of allows in an acceptance for you to create your piece of art, for me to create my piece of art, and that they're all relevant. So that's what perspective art to me is. <laughs> Can I share something? Because I was getting these yeah. eureka's or something <laughs> as you're talking. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, where do we begin? So um, you're talking about how it's all like a story. Um, mm -hmm. Like, it's like a play. Like, you know, like yeah. the stage, you know, like, and everyone's got their perspective on the play or the characters. Um, mm -hmm. And even if there's clashing different ideologies even, or uh -huh. perspectives or whatever, like they said there's the ultimate truth. Mm -hmm. Although that there is no ultimate truth is the ultimate truth. Maybe, I, I don't know, <laughs> but, but- There you but got some always... quantum comedy going on. <laughs> That's quantum oh, really? comedy. <laughs> it's funny. It's a paradox. Yeah, go on. <laughs> well, that's a pain. <clears throat> so, um, <laughs> I, I, have, I actually had a feeling. I felt, how do I feel? I felt this uplifting feeling when you're talking, like that. Mm. I like talking about bridging divides and how mm. we can go from the duality of politics, for example, where we've got like us versus them. Am I mm -hmm. right? They're wrong. I'm good. They're bad. Or my, my group are good, that group are bad, or whatever. And then there's another group that think the same thing, but it's not different things. And mm -hmm. I just felt like I could have a conversation with you about that. Like a lot of people, even if they're into spirituality, sometimes seem to not have not entirely moved to a unity accepting perspective where uh -huh. certain perspectives are okay. Yeah. That's so, what Matt Kahn calls the spiritual ego. Matt Kahn, one of my favorite teachers, he calls yeah. it the spiritual ego, how it's more toxic than the old ego. <laughs> I mean, one word you could say is being a P is progressive. A lot of people ah! with a more progressive perspective might be drawn into spirituality. Mm. Um, but then you get other people who are, then you get your own types. So it's just like, there's a big variety, actually. It's really actually quite intriguing. What have you observed about So it's like there's a singular point where all these different clashing ideologies integrate together, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily immediate. But what have you observed about that? About all the perspectives kind of clashing. How spirituality together? brings it together? But mm. 
sorry, I'm not being mm. very clear, but. No, I love it. Clarity is so 1990. <laughs> curiosity. I love following that unlinear curiosity. It's the language of the heart. So thank you <laughs> for expressing. Um, okay, so I've seen like, I feel like there is a moment even within my own life where we have these like moments of revelation, right? Where there's like a sense of knowing, like, oh, I know now. I've been through it and I know now. I know. And I feel like that is like an undeniable process that gets broken down again and again and again. And so that I knowness, that, oh, I'm progressive, I know, is the toxic thing that won't allow the person to experience their full um like pure potential the capacity of freedom that they actually carry to play while they have a body so some people are actually experiencing these realities where it's not even about the word spirituality is almost like it has so many things attached to it now the word that I don't really use it that much I just okay. see this expansion that we're going through I love the word spiritual. I love spirit. Mystical. But mystical, yeah. Or um or even like just coming back to a really human basic word that can be relatable, like playful. You know, like what are people missing out on is the playfulness. And there's something for me in my unique puzzle piece is the hack has been I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing with my perspective. I'm just playing with my beliefs. I'm just playing with different powers and that just playing allows the logical survival brain to tap into our heart and our inner child innocence. And that's where that full spectrum of what this planet can offer us, another P, what this planet can offer us to experience our full potential as co-creator beings, aware and awake in the dream that anything is possible without attachment to what's right or wrong or what's the ultimate answer for all beings like and when we each accept that paradox that we can be so committed to our puzzle piece and that we don't need it to match another puzzle piece what happens is is we have the diversity of this playground we get to explore each other's playgrounds and that's where the fun comes in what's your reality what's your perspective and we get to taste it all yeah it's like <laughs> If we forget that we're kids playing a game, you know, children, child's, the eternal child of God, I suppose, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we take things too seriously. Um, mm -hmm. We're like, no, that's the wrong puzzle. It has to be this puzzle piece. Yeah. It has to be like this. It's only baby fitting, but like force it in because it needs to go because you know it goes right like that. Um, and that's basically, you get politics, you get like, you get it with religion as well, organized religion. And other things, it's like, we have to do it this way because we're conditioned that it has to be that way. Um, yeah. And then you get stressed because different people disagree. And... Yeah. But if that we're playing... Will... Yeah. Sorry. There was, a, um, there was a friend I had who I learned, actually, this playing thing as well, of not being too attached mm. to your views. At first, I didn't really get it because I was like, 
I was ideological, basically. I had my, my, <laughs> I decided either I can know what's true and I'm smart, <laughs> mm. which is, um, yeah. Um, but you're not threatened if you're just playing. Right. That, so just playing, because what happens is, is, you know, at the beginning when I realized it's all play, I was like, almost felt resentment at people that were attached to certain beliefs and perspectives. And then I went through my whole own experience of like, whoa, it's actually a really intense process of trauma release when we step into that freedom to play. So the body as children, if we were told, no, that's dangerous. No, that's not true. No, no. Even if it's like the little things, the body kept like closing. And so our body recorded danger zones and our emotional body recorded, don't go there, don't go there, unsafe, unsafe. And it was like from parents and school and society. So we have all these safety nets on us that if you're like, hey, your perspective is like, you can't say it's the ultimate truth, just play. The person can actually go into a complete like freak out mode or spiritual emergency and feel unsafe. So they're really, that's where the pain comes in is that as we step into freedom, pure possibility, we have to cultivate peace to calm our nervous systems to feel safe in playing again freely as children. We're basically all children that have kind of been traumatized. Now it's different in this generation, but we have a lot of things we need to feel and release and in order to feel safe. Yeah, yeah sorry, it's just <laughs> all the people, let's say politics, you know, people are interacting and they're just triggering each other's trauma without knowing that's what mm -hmm. they're doing. So. They're actually, every time someone disagrees with them, like about a political mm -hmm. issue, what they're actually hearing is their parent berating them. Yeah. Or maybe abandoning yeah. them or something. But they yeah. don't realize that. So then instead, they're, they're feeling this reaction and then it's like, well, those people are at fault, right? And if I can yeah. just control them or avoid them or blame them or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, oh, oh, I love that you brought, I love that you brought that up. And that's like one of the keys is accepting that all beings in our lives are players in our play. There are players, they're acting out whatever needs to be transmuted. Right. So people get lost in loops for lifetimes, just like they did this to me and they think that, and they think that, and part of the accepting of creator of that divine, who I'm a paintbrush is that we're all one body and you won't attract the same dialogues or experiences once you transmute it within yourself. So accepting that everybody you encounter, the politics that you're reading about is a part of you. The thing that's happening on the planet, the end of the world, it's a part of your psyche because there is no time space. So this is another thing Matt Kahn says, who I absolutely adore, God bless the soul, is he says that in order to, uh, you become, you free the world. Uh, no, you become the master when you are a part of like the play where all beings are being freed. So you think like some people think, I think sometimes it's like, oh, well, this is the world. This is the state of the world. This is the politics. And then like, you know, people hold on to it because they feel safe. And like, I know, I know, but it's actually them refusing to feel trauma. It's them refusing to release what's caging them. These perspectives that turn into bars that cage their inner child. 
And that's why when people say inner child, it's like, oh, my inner child, I forgot how to play. It's so deep, 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 deep inside me. No, the only way to free your inner child is literally listening to it and allowing it to guide you and allow you to play through these bars that we've cultivated, these bars of identity, who we think we are, the truth we think that's right. And that's the real safety is the freedom. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it's all about relaxing your life, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, but we're, we're so used to we have the, the yeah, just life being a super serious mm. um, well, well, the antithesis of what a child is, the antithesis mm. of innocence, but innocence is actually what it's about. And well, children could be, yeah, sorry, precocious, uh, precocious, <laughs> another P. Um, but children could be very serious about play. Where they're just, again, they're like, I, this is how I'm playing. These are my rules. And that's how games are created, right? There was like a snowstorm here a few weeks ago and we were all playing a puzzle and all working together. And we're all so serious about it. We're like, okay, you do the orange pieces. It was like a thousand piece puzzle. Or we were playing all these games, but we were so serious about the rules, but we were serious about the rules so we can play. So we can explore being aware that it's just a limited time where we get to connect and play together. As long as we remember time. that we don't have to stick to, we can modify it as well. Yeah. Like it's, so it's fun to be stillious, like serious about being silly, but you can see it in people when they're like not attached to this is the way it is. This is the way it has to be. This is the truth because that attachment carries a lot of pain that hasn't been felt yet. It's like a lot of pain where don't make me go there. Don't make me feel that. You're my mom. You're my sister. You're my, uh, 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 uh. And it creates a barrier between the being in front of you, that identification of that ultimate truth, that ultimate perspective of what's right, what the world should do. And it's a great shadow in the spiritual community as well. It happens a lot. This community this is what we need to do for the planet. Like all of it comes along with like a shadow of that attachment. That's why it's a little tricky, you know? Oh, that's the key <laughs> in our pri pri personal lives. But if we're navigating through spirituality and we're like, I need to get it right. I need to do it right. Even meditation, mm -hmm. like I, I got to do it right. I'm, I'm not relaxing enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even that could be like, I'm not, yeah, yeah, like, but it's, yeah, if we have, have that attitude, playful attitude towards our spiritual practices, then that might be a way, um, not a cure, but a, a way to navigate um, spiritual ego anyway. Yeah. Because you don't feel... like try to delete the spiritual ego, you play with it. Yeah, that's right. When we're just playing with our different aspects, we can tune into, I love doing free writing, not only with my soul, but with my inner child, my ego. Hey, ego, is there anything you'd like to share with me today? Like being curious and then free writing because we're not one thing, right? If there's no ultimate truth, the way I see it is like, this is another P of part of, that's part of the process is there's playing 
with the perspectives and then you play with your perceptions, your ability, how I interpret this physical reality. And then you begin playing with powers like, oh, I have this power. I have that power. I can do this. The power is meaning to how I influence my external reality, our influence. And then you reach a realm of pure possibility, freedom. Pain comes up. And then your process to peace is becomes a constant evolving portal. You become a portal of energy that has many aspects. You have like, oh, the one of you that, that draws art, the one of you that does this healing, the version of you that sells these things. And it becomes an unlinear zero, like uh, an egg of potentiality. And you're an not attached egg. to any part of you. Yeah, it's like an egg of potentiality. It's like your Merkaba, your spaceship. Or an octopus. You have many tentacles, many brains, but you're the zero point. And that's kind of like the neutral part of you, the peaceful you, with all these aspects that you can play with when needed. Sometimes I'm my inner child throwing a tantrum. Sometimes I'm a priestess initiating people into their healing sometimes i'm a comedian just making silly jokes you know and the universe will present to you as you surrender more and more to your own being to playing with your practice to being unattached of what the right way is right there's a shadow and i need to do yoga every day i need to eat this for the rest of my life there's a stagnancy there that the universe kind of shakes it's like hey no, there is no right way. No, not even if you eat a cucumber every day, first thing in the morning for the rest of your life. No, don't be attached to anything. And then you melt into the puzzle piece that you are. You melt into what you always were, which was What's always happening? perfect. Is it possible? <laughs> Perfectly imperfect. I've had this thing recently. I don't know. Probably, I'm sure you can relate. It's just a thing where you find yourself forcing yourself in some mm. godly. Like, you're getting this 2022. I'm going to have a dopamine <laughs> detox. I'm going to stop watching YouTube so much and this, that, and the other, right? And then I found mm -hmm. myself being like, no, fuck this. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> and so yeah. all those things, I'm like, I need to do less of. I ended up doing more of them. So I'm like, okay, like, is there a balance <laughs> point here? Or, I don't know. Am I just, is it just a pendulum finding the balance point? Or Another P. Like, Another P. Pendulum. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, not sure exactly is. how to navigate it. What do you there what is. have you learned about it? Well, I have experienced that over and over and over because I also have a very logical mind. Like I actually was mostly into mathematics and physics before going into art and creativity, which was a massive shift. So I still I'm very calculated. I'm like, okay, this works, okay, that works. And I had to break down many times where it wouldn't produce the same results. And what was coming, the universe was like telling me, is this your natural rhythm? Are you feeling like you are witnessing yourself being this paintbrush? Are you attached to, if I do this, then this will happen. So I couldn't do anything for, I'll do this and then this will happen. Like I would do things that other people did to um, reach success or health and it would do the opposite for me. Or I would do what worked for me last year again. Or I would say, I'm never doing this again. And then that would be the thing that would bring me healing. So it's kind of like not about the external thing that we do. It's more about, which is why I'm obsessed with these blindfolds, 
is us learning how to navigate through feeling again. We're energetic beings. So it's kind of like a detox where the universe is going to like smack you and like, nope, nope, you're, 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 you're operating out of cause and effect. You're operating out of attachment. You're operating out of expectation. Well, then you're going to fall into victimhood. You're going to fall into anger and resentment. No, you're meant to be a Play-Doh, which is another P, something that's easy to play with, something that's easy to mold. And that's a state I love calling the child body. It's when our inner child is fully expressed in our body and we're malleable. And I feel that that's the healthiest thing we can do for our body is being in a constant playful mode, awake in the dream, awake in the playground. And that's where we can actually really be in our highest potential timeline and like really bringing the planet back to balance because the visions I keep getting is that the planet is just meant to be a multidimensional playground. She's like a very wise being. If she wanted us dead, we'd be dead yesterday. Mm. (laughs) And if she didn't, if she didn't want what's happening, she can wipe us out in a split second. And so for me, what, when I tune into mother earth, into the planet, she's like, play, play. I want you to play, like play in me. I want you to play on me. I want you, because like the perfection is when we're all unified into one energy, when we're dead, like when we're meditating. But the beauty of having a body is we get to be an imperfect puzzle piece, which is I'm perfect. We get to have different bulges and shapes and that's how we're able to play. Source being able to experience itself through you and through me. If you weren't who you were, we wouldn't be able to have this dialogue. If I wasn't who I am, you know, we're igniting each other, we're reminding each other that it's okay to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fire. You, you, yeah. Burn, you set a fire with catalyst, I think. I don't know why I've got that in my head, but. Set a fire? Yeah, I, never mind. <laughs> it's well, a, well, about catalyzing the fire at each other through interaction. Yeah, yeah, like stoking the flame. Just even if yeah. you add like a little something, it's like a flame that's already, it's already lit up. It's already transmuting. It's already alchemizing and what needs to be alchemized and transmuting energy. And you just like give your little branch, you give your little, you know, give your little thing. It, it could be easy. Like we're meant to feel at ease and relax and slow down and do it together. You know, if I couldn't do the thousand piece puzzle alone, we were like a group of eight people in a snowstorm and it took us days to do it. And it was such a beautiful reminder of like, oh, I just meant to put one piece that I'm gifted. Somehow I recognize one piece and that's the piece the other person needed to put their piece. And so life is meant to be very easy and very, very playful. And I feel like we're all going through a massive detox of letting go of all that old title programming. So, Leila, that game you played in the snow is a microcosm of Mm -hmm. what's happening on Earth. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, just yesterday at dance, like people were breaking down and crying. And like, I feel there's this like, in my playful reality, I'm witnessing more and more people like being forced into surrender. And you can't orchestrate surrender because if you're orchestrating it, then you're not actually experiencing yourself in pure freedom. If you were the orchestrator of your surrender, that means you're in control. 
and that means that you have to control everything and like it's like an endless energetic ripple effect and right now I feel like all this darkness that was coming up is actually just a detox we're all like clearing out hello <laughs> we're all clearing out anything in our system in our body in our in our psyche that isn't allowing us to be Plato, mm. that isn't allowing us to be these eternal, a little bit kind of immortal, playful creatures that are quantum, that are beyond time space, that are innocent children. <laughs> yeah, um, I just think actually it was like, I could say something, but then like, maybe I shouldn't because that's not play. And then wait, wait, what we're doing? I'm say it. Thinking it. <laughs> just, I'm just wondering just. like, um, <laughs> So I, are you too interested in uh, Jung, Carl Jung? Oh, I've read, yeah. My brain isn't connecting what I have read from Carl Jung, but please express what is coming up for you. I don't know. What, I just had this thought occur to me. Now, I'm not actually, I know there's a lot more to Carl Jung than what I'm about to mention, but it's something mm -hmm. I used to be interested in. I had this thought about like, I don't know, your personality type, and I'm just curious. Uh, oh, my personality I type. I don't know if you know about that. I know that doesn't mean much, really, but... I think somebody just was telling me about that. I don't know. I've, I, I, I have many different... I looked up my... I know what I am in other different kinds of, you know, ways that you get calculated and they decide what you are. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> but... all sorts of them. <laughs> Gene keys, human design. It's helpful. Yeah. But even there, there's like an attachment to like, this is me. This is my identity now. Yeah. I have to be this way because I'm a generator. I have to be this way because I'm a projector. No, but there are helpful. Or perceiver things. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Reflector. But it is helpful, actually. There, I, I, you, I, I play with it. I play with it a lot. I play with it when it feels like it's in my rhythm so I'll be like oh my human design says this I'm gonna so I don't remember what personality type I am I'm sure I looked it up and I forgot I haven't played with was it was it maybe ENTP or something somebody somebody just sent me the test to do it again I don't remember ah uh, okay you just said you're quite I don't know it doesn't really matter what, but I felt like what are I'm you easy. um I'm not sure I was sure but I don't know if I was right, <laughs> but whatever. Um, That's a wonderful place to be, unsure. I'm, of apparently, what you are. on the test for the gene keys, I got conscious manifesto, I think. Was it? Oh, the human design. Or yeah, and then for the Myers Briggs, it was INTP, but it might be ENTP, insofar as mm. that even means anything. But I'm playing <laughs> with it. So. Actually, yeah, I did actually learn to play with it because what I started doing is I saw there was a problem with the system. And so I was like, I'm going to make my own system. <laughs> Great. Um, your own uh, game. Your yeah. Own playground. Before I got into <laughs> spirituality, I was playing around with trying to create the personality system. And um, like fantasy maps, or like, you know, Lord of the Rings. You, can, you get Amazing. Maps. It's actually. Um, you know, I actually always knew the importance of play. I just kept forgetting. And then I went back for, to it for a bit. Mm. And then I forgot again. And it's like, we got so used to all these kind of rituals that we did. Like, 
it could be work it could be just i don't know computer games you know there's all these things that we were doing that were out there um mm -hmm. and that's fine but we can come back here we can come back home to ourselves yeah and like it for me that real play it's not about the external the external is like a vibrational echo of what playful energy i've cultivated within me the playful energy within me blindfolds i'm so obsessed with them because it allows me to tune into those internal perceptions those internal abilities to imagine to feel to know like that feeling of knowing like i don't know how i know this is true for me now the hearing like even hearing things that aren't purely physical you begin hearing guidance and so there's something about closing the eyes and beginning to play in that theta brainwave state with the inner child the inner child's inside you're not going to meet your three-year-old physically in front of you but they're inside you and so when that playfulness that malleability that play-doughiness is cultivated within where there's no stagnant pain that we don't want to feel or somewhere we don't want to go and we're just able to be present with it then our external reality could be like, okay, you feel safe enough to be this free. Let me show you what I got. Like the external reality for me is the way I see it is, and what's been shown to me is that it's just a surprise playground. We're not meant to control the external circumstance. And so many people are afraid to go deeply within and be present with themselves because they're like, oh, I'm so lonely. I'm alone. I'm alone. Mm. I'm dead. They're like a fear of death or fear because when I go deep into meditation, I feel like I'm dying. I'm like facing all my shadows, my pain, my trauma, like really everything is being reflected back. Does it ever feel like you. you're melting? Yeah. Like I'm dying, like I'm having a heart attack. And, but if you add an extra L in alone, you get all one, which is L is an extra oh. dose of love. <laughs> you just add more love to it. And then you feel the interconnectivity in the inner quantum realm, which is the connection to all that is, that you're one with everybody. So in meditation, if I am angry at a person or I'm upset about politics, that's why people have so much resistance to meditating. Because when you meditate, you're going to become everybody. And that's a lot of pain to face. It's as true, a creator but it's being. interesting. Because meditation, when you feel like you're alone, you're literally everything is right mm -hmm. there and you're yep. not feeling or seeing it that's yep. what's only one letter away from the truth <laughs> yeah that came to me in meditation <laughs> thank you creator <laughs> creator creator where's creator i don't know <laughs> we're all good so do you think um just doing meditation obviously it isn't the answer unless it is for you um because there's lots of things to play with and I, that's mm -hmm. what, i think like and i realized that's what it is um especially talking to you like i've been looking for like what the perfect formula is yeah but really it's more like a menu we, we can sort out yeah. a menu and then people can feel out what they want from that menu as long as yeah. you would say okay there's this this meditation there's this practice there's in child work yeah. like yeah and there 
I feel like that um, those times where like right now, somehow after years of not having a routine, I actually have a routine, but I'm not really attached to it. It naturally happens through play. I'm like, I want to play in silence for an hour. Like, I'm so curious what's going to happen. I'm like, but I'm not like attached to, I got to do it at this time. I got to do it that time. And then it naturally happens in our authentic rhythm. But everything that I, I learned or trained in at the beginning, I'd be like, this is my answer. I'm going to do this every day and I'm going to do it. And if I don't do it, that is controlling energy. And when we're in controlling energy, we're not malleable. We're not Play-Doh. We can't play. But when we're just playing with all those tools, like I'm going to do this right now for today. I'm going to play with the idea that I'll do it for a week. I'm going to play with the idea that I'll do it for months. Oh, I'm going to play with the idea that I can actually not play with that idea. You know, and so many people that even get addicted to clearing their bodies and cleansing their bodies. And I need to do this detox to lose my weight. And then you feel, I, I feel a lot of the time that that weight that they feel is the burden that they feel of what they need to do in order to feel light again. Of course, the physical it's hologram like, is sim symbolizes <coughs> what we're telling ourselves. Yeah. And our beliefs mm -hmm. are simply holographically played out like that. When yeah. we are playing, it, the truth is the, the out there is the Play-Doh and we are the mm -hmm. player. The player, right. Play-Doh player. It's all kind of like everything that's inside is also out. But we're so being I'm played a, with as well because... Yeah, by yeah. the great player. By the great player, which is all of us unified. But like, I love also seeing all the tools that we get because it's fun to learn things and cultivate new tools to play with. It kind of just turns into like a whole puzzle we have to share. We become a portal like, hey, oh my God, I have this tool you can play with. Oh, I have... It's a lot more playful than being like, I have the answer to your life. Like, I know it's just an ever unfolding process of play. Like, hey, you want to try this breath exercise? It actually helps me ground. And then it will pop up for the person when they need it, like in a week. Like, it's meant to be way lighter, way more. When we're lighter, we can allow in more light. When we're lighter, we can feel a lot more healed. <laughs> oh, I just read a, in a story. People prefer um, if if there's a hero. People often like a hero who's actually got a bit of a playful side, right? Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, someone who's serious will come off like a villain. Oh my god, I never thought of that. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Oh my god, I never mm. thought of that. That's true. And you might yeah. get a serious hero, but they might feel a bit, I'm grim and I'm serious and I'm Batman. And it's like, okay, I guess, but that's got its own. Oh but then God. you need, that's why you need to the Joker sort of balance that out. Because otherwise it would just wouldn't make sense. Wow. And you know, wow, I, I love that you just mentioned that. That's revolutionary. There's like, that's something I also feel like I have faced. And I feel like some people may face when, you're stepping into that mastery of being the main player of your life, you'll get all these like reflections that are coming up because you still have that trauma of your body. Of, As like, other people. What are, they, what are they doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Oh, whoa, that's stupid. Oh, that's silly. 
And it's like all these voices that are still echoing from our programs or beliefs that we recorded through our upbringing in school and it will play out and wait for us to go within and transmute it and heal it and clear it so we can be operating out of pure love. So we can be like Care Bears shining their love um, without any expectation, without any control, all for the sake of love, trusting that we are the paintbrush. Even yesterday, I made an announcement at dance at the end that I'm doing a play shop in a week. And I was like, hey guys, I play shop and this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna blindfolds, we're gonna make shadow puppets. And, and then afterwards, like, I felt this clenching on the way home. I'm like, oh, I expressed myself like so freely. Oh, I think people might judge me. me, they'll laugh at me. Yeah, they're laughing. They're thinking that I'm too loud. They're thinking You'll be told nobody's, nobody's going to come to my play shop. And then I was like, wait, this is the message that's been coming through. You're doing this because you want to share the love that you are. And when we share that love and excitement that we are for the sake of play, it goes way beyond any person's perspective of you. It overrides the whole um, money game, it overrides space time, where you are or what you look like. It's pure energy. It's like- And it's and properly playing, right? Yes. You might be thinking oh your God. parent will be like, that's not proper, <laughs> right? But you, it is proper. Oh my God, I have to incorporate all these peas. <laughs> yes. You, there could be a dictionary, a, a dictionary of just words with P in it. Oh my God. Yeah, it's endless. And you could I'm say what it you. really means to you intuitively. That's a smart idea. Oh, yeah. Cool. I'm going to play with that. Of course. <laughs> it would be way will. simpler than writing a book with full chapters. I love dictionaries. <laughs> Well, each chapter could just be a different word with P. So instead of actually numbers, you're just like, I don't know. Mm. Bit, oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. But another, um, another, another thing I'd just like to say about like, um, like the more we play, the more we become, I just another note is we become more of the energy body, which for me is the seed of the physical body. The physical body is like more dense and more like, identified I look like this you look like this but when we begin to resonate more and more with play we become energy bodies and that's where more magic is allowed in more theta brainwave state becomes a home base more inner child the inner child no children don't have an image of what they look like constantly they're like I'm Superman I'm Cinderella I'm a superhero that's named Pootsie Pootsie Poo and you see that they feel what they're feeling but as we get older we have these self images that we record and it creates this stagnancy and attachment so this freedom comes along with an energy body that's way easier to heal through and transmute and play and evolve it's like the healthy form of a child body like your inner child being embodied <laughs> do you yeah. feel like we're going to keep bodies physical bodies in any sense or will it be a different sense? <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> um, so my personal experience with death and stuff has been very different. I haven't met a lot of, uh, actually barely any, um, 
I've like been out of my body and totally far gone from the material realm and actually remember choosing to come back into the body and not be reborn into a newborn in order to keep playing this character. And so what has been happening for me is that I feel my body going through deaths and letting go and shedding and it's becoming more and more light. Like now I look in the mirror and I literally see my face beginning to shape shift. And I sit with people, the more presence we're in, the more we're able to go beyond time space together in our bodies. So I feel like the body eventually, yes, like a rose will, you know, dry out, but all the stages are beautiful and it's not as linear as we think. Because when we really tap into that pure possibility, quantumness of who we truly are and become these multidimensional octopuses, in one timeline, you could be dying and losing your body. In another lifetime, you could have been waking up from a car accident. So I've heard these stories from people where they came back to their body, they decided to come back. And so it's very tricky. You may feel your family mourning you in one timeline. And in another timeline, you're in this like jungle retreat center and you may never go back home and see your family. And so it's very unlinear. It's very... I, I believe we have a rainbow body. For me, it's the child body, where if we keep integrating this freedom and normalizing our nervous systems to be this free and playful, we'll be able to travel on the planet as an interdimensional space playground. And we'll be able to heal, to rebirth. My, one of my dreams is to have rebirth centers where people can go through a death and shed energy so they can come out and play as a new, as a new puzzle piece when they feel ready. So this whole death thing doesn't need to be like, you're sick, you die, you age, go and be buried. It doesn't have to be like that. Like- I just, uh, this, <laughs> sorry. I just realization about like shapeshifting because like the association, especially when people are into new age stuff, but in a more, they look at the dark stuff more. Like, oh, it's a prison mm. planet, oh my God. Stuff like that. Oh yeah. Oh, right. Really well, it begins with P, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> the shadows. So, I mean, it begins, the prison is in your mind uh, and you create it yourself, but yeah. if you want. But mm -hmm. in any case, like, I realized that people thought, think about reptilians, shapeshifting. What if yeah. that's just there, whether you're on the light or the dark, if you open your third eye, you can shapeshift. Maybe that's just what it is. Maybe it's just third eye abilities because third eye has to do with your connection to yeah. everything. So maybe that's yeah. just, yeah. It's, it's not so fixed. Yeah. The natural state is more fluid. Mm -hmm. And so like, do you, you have a physical body, but like what form it takes is play, it's Play-Doh. Your body is Play-Doh. Yes, Where that's is what it, happens. In, in third, yeah, sorry, sorry. In this, for a long I mean, time, a long time it's just been fixed for each time slide but like what's the difference between life and death well there isn't so much of one because that's play-doh as well eventually <laughs> right and so um, i feel like a lot of sickness people are experiencing like i was i see these sicknesses as upgrades of letting go of identity of density and the only way to do it is be still let it rest let it flow through you feel it let it die and when people are very attached to an identity, that's when the body needs to go. When people are so attached to, this is my routine. This is who I am. This is what I do. And if I'm not this, I'm dead. 
I'm so dependent on seeing myself this way on the self-image when oh, there is shit. no self-image it's way easier to play beyond time space it's way easier and shape-shifting is not about I'm gonna look like this right now it's I'm gonna feel like this now mm. I'm gonna be the fire I'm gonna be water I'm gonna be the air I'm gonna be the earth and when we are able to play with these different energetic shapes we're able to replenish the planet that we are. Each of us are a planet. We're a reflection. This planet that we live on is a reflection of our personal planet. Another P. Our bodies, so, oh sorry, so our bodies reflect us all the time anyway, whether we know it or not. We could be completely yeah. conditioned to the ego and the state of your body will be unhealth. If you're in dis-ease, you'll be diseased, so. Yeah, yeah, like dis-ease literally means you don't wanna be in ease. And so the pineal glands, I just want to, I love what you said about the pineal glands, because for me, it began like in the pain portals that I was in, I was guided to go to the park in the dark, <laughs> park, another P with my dog. And I started closing my eyes, which is why I got these blindfolds. And I was guided how to play through my, uh, I call it the imagination eye, the imagination creation center, because these eyes are just like, almost like video cameras. They intake information that's reflecting our vibration. And we've been so, yeah, play center. Yes, I love that. And uh, Lori Ladd, uh, who's another teacher I love, she mm. says that the way to activate our psychic abilities is through imagination. Einstein says, or Einstein, however you pr pronounce it from whatever country you're from, his name, God bless you, God bless you. Um, he says imagination is way more valuable than knowledge because imagination creates worlds. Alan Watts talks about plain imagination a lot. Nothing can exist if we haven't downloaded the image in our mind. And our playful image of what feels good to us is our greatest gift to the planet for all. Like the most beautiful possible image we can imagine of how things are unfolding, of what my perspectives are. How do I perceive this dimension? That is the ultimate art piece that you are, that you are, that's the vibrational, like, how, how do you know what to follow when everything is so possible, right? People feel unsafe. Follow that image, follow that vision without attachment, follow that, that image that we can create and download. And the one that does that is the inner child. The inner child knows what it wants, what it wishes for. It's like, I want this. I want that. I wish for that. I, so it's healthy to do inner child wish rampages where you just close your eyes. You imagine your inner child here at your crystal eye. And you just let them make go on a wish rampage, like in a candy shop or a toy store. Like, I want this and I want that. I want to unfold like this and I want to unfold like that. And when you let your inner child go on a wish rampage, you can feel those frequencies in your body. And then it doesn't matter how things unfold. You're already living it. And then you get to experience this external reality as the surprise party. It's just a surprise party with other people that are like, hey, I play that game oh my God, your game matches my game. If we put our games together, we could create a third game for people to play in. Hey, want to play? It's not about survival anymore. It's not about, I need this, I need that. We start operating out of a different system, which is what some call fifth dimensional earth or heaven on earth. It's from within. It's conscious play, right? When we were kids, yeah. in some sense, we were more conscious, but in another sense, there was an unconsciousness to that. But now if we can come back to childhood but in a new mm -hmm. open way where we're consciously doing it then that's just like 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if it it's becomes, the answer, but... It becomes essential for ascension, right? So when I talk about play, I, a lot of times people are like, I don't have time to play. Like, I got to pay my bills. I got to take care of my children. Like, you're good. You don't have children. And you don't, you're obviously like a free butterfly. I don't have time to play. I don't even know how to play. They don't understand that they're always playing. Play with playing your children. <laughs> You've got right. loads of time to play. <laughs> I mean, as a preschool teacher, I saw the burden parents feel sometimes and I just want to have a baby to actually practice it on my own. Is like children are the greatest guides. Follow them. They're screaming, scream with them. They're crying, cry with them. They're because they're moving all the density that the parent hasn't allowed themselves to do yet. Children are extremely psychic. Children are extremely sensitive and tuned in. They're way closer to their puzzle piece than you are. And they're, they don't take bullshit. They're like my niece. It's funny. My brother was like, my daughter is only going to eat veggies and fruit. And his favorite food is pizza and carbs. And so ever since she was little, even though he never introduced her to it, she wouldn't eat anything until he introduced carbs to her. And it forced him to go through this acceptance process. Of like she never even tasted it, but she just wouldn't eat veggies. They're like, is the child ever gonna eat? She's not eating veggies, she's not eating fruit, she's not eating anything healthy. So they had to feed her their favorite food, which like broke them out of their own stagnancy of what they thought was right or wrong or the ultimate answer. You can play with pizza and the dough, (laughs) the play-doh, uh to to have food that's healthy (laughs) and carby. Pizza is part of the book because pizza is the food of peace because everybody loves pizza and you can make turn it vegan, you can make it gluten-free, you can make cauliflower crust. You know, the, pizza is a universal, really fun food. For some reason, most people do like pizza. If they don't like pizza, I'm a little worried about it. That's the only thing I'm worried about. <laughs> so, right. like, if there's, if there's alien, no, extraterrestrials, they come along and they want to play, but they're like, Pizza is disgusting. If we're like, no, 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 get away, get away. Get away now, (laughs) off the planet. It's funny, extraterrestrials. It's it's interesting also the whole shape-shifting for me, we brought it up, you brought up reptilians. It's like, there's such a shadow about it. Like, oh, reptilians are shape-shifters only. Okay, yes, and it doesn't mean that shape-shifting is a bad thing. Shape-shifting is almost like workout for the soul. It's like, you know how you like move, you do different workouts. So shape-shifting for me is like playing with different shapes. It's really healthy for your body to be Play-Doh, to be light, so you can fly, so you can explore, so you can play, so you can express, so you can be all the colors of the rainbow. It's just, you're a puzzle piece and you're just changing where you've got your knobs and stuff. So you can fit with others differently. Or like an octopus, you're playing with all your aspects. Or like in our rainbow body, some call it the rainbow body, which is like the immortal body. They actually speak of it in the gene keys that we're ascending. I think, yeah, he brings it up in the gene keys that at this time we're moving into a neutral solar plexus space, which is our relationships, the way we're seeing ourselves. So we can tune into our rainbow bodies together, which is our immortal body. And if you think of it, a rainbow body is like the white light that we are but it encompasses all the colors red orange yellow green blue like it's everything so in order to tap into that immortal body where we're not experiencing extreme deaths and then finding ourselves in nothingness and then going through karma and 
and then being reborn and I'm like being in this prison of the mind endlessly lifetime after lifetime being so attached to these stories instead we get to experience this lightness I lost track um we get to experience the very gradual slow peaceful process of our body becoming a rainbow where we get to be everything we get to be everyone we get to be one with all we get to be interconnected while i have a body why be a dinosaur when you can be a rainbow because you're like <laughs> rah, 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 rah. well you know it's fun to be dinosaur too something i yeah, it is I have true, these actually, I have these certain characters that I love playing with and sharing with people in play shops is like these power characters. So power can feel really like, oh, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to be a B-I-T-C-H. Oh, I don't want to be. So getting into these power characters that like actually don't look beautiful are actually really fun and healing. So I if have one. Like with it. Yeah. Like the ogre is like. <laughs> that's like a very healing for the body. Do you, you know, like, like um? What do you think of tabletop, like like Dungeons and Dragons, or like, like I actually what? I got into that sort of thing with my brother actually recently, and like when you actually do acting, just amateur acting, just like because you're uh -huh. acting the character, like what you were doing there with the dinosaur, or whatever, like it's actually really fun, and it, it is actually like yeah good so a lot of the time my a lot of my healing and letting go of pain in my body has been what is the weirdest face i can make and the weirdest sound uh, like what's the weird which if you want to join i've never heard that noise feels, on my podcast before it feels really good do you want to try making the weirdest most <laughs> awkward face and sound possible but it has to feel good <laughs> it's very freeing <sighs> <laughs> this is going on my podcast. Hi. They're not seeing it. They've already stopped watching. No, it's fine. Um, I'm just playing. Those I'm just, just playing. Right. It's just playing, right? And if whoever is experiencing judgment, then blessings, right? Because they're judging yes. a part of themselves. But um, it's there's this mind of like, what's beautiful? What's not? What's presentable? What's not? It's all energy. It's all feeling. So after making most horrible faces sometimes the most horrible noises beautiful sounds will come out of me and i'll look gorgeous afterwards so there's this judgment about like what's beautiful what's not what's ugly what's painful what's bad what's right what's wrong and in this rainbow body this child body there is none of that it's all energy and motion it's all um play-doh and it's all fun yeah even the pain is fun even the even the moments of feeling wrong is fun. Even the moments of, oh, I felt a little shame there can be fun. You know, we get to experience all of these things without so, judgment. Mm, yeah, I have a feeling I already know the answer to what I'm going to ask. So, <laughs> so you got into spirituality or whatever, um, but I imagine there was a later breakthrough uh, mm. where you really became present so to speak like yeah. what was the um what was the secret for you that mm. changed your perspective mm. or whatever <laughs> well <clears throat> i had like uh 
something massive that occurred when I turned 30, my Saturn return. But it's been a very gradual process <clears throat> of moments where there's more and more surrender. So it's like a gradual, it's very unlinear. But when I was 30, I was like already on mission with like, I know I want to do these play shops. I know I want to help people heal through play. I know I want to create my own modality. I know that I'm here experiencing this pain for a reason because there are people experiencing pain and depression and judging it. So my passion was like to help people that are massively depressed. But you and still experience that, that pain regularly. Yeah, like it was still there very intensely. And I was actually feeling really angry at Crater. And so before my 30th birthday, I wrote a letter to Crater. I'm like, I want to see the truth. I want to know why this suffering. I like just moved to LA and I had one friend then that I knew from my teenagehood and she was like, oh, it's your 30th, your journey, th whatever they call it, American. So I don't know what it's called. We have to celebrate you. And I joked with her and I was like, I don't want a celebration, but if you want, we can have an ego death ceremony for me. That would be funny, like doing a funny ego death ceremony. And then I, so I told her that I wrote a letter to creator being like, I want to see the truth. I want to know why. I want to know why the suffering I'm done. Like, I want to see why the energy of love has created this. And so I went to my first festival and I was shown I, at the end of the festival, I had a massive, massive, like at the end of the festival, I was almost about to go home still in nature it's a very long story but my ego was like I went way like beyond this physical linear dimension and I was guided like you want to know why this is why this is why this is why this is why and it brought me back to nothingness and then showed reminded me of the heart and reminded me it, it was a detox of letting go did you take anything um, I did during the festival I did and I was aware of it but it was the end of the festival it was the end I was already packed up and was going to go home oh right and it wasn't my it wasn't it wasn't so this is like the shadow of it right oh yeah she she was on something for sure but this was not there's a very big difference between taking something and being aware you're on something and knowing that it's a short period of time that's going to last mm -hmm. between like oh I'm going back home I'm going to stay here oh, that was really fun. I'm going back home. I don't really want to go back to the city now. And then it was like feeling, that's the shadow of the story, but it was like, it was, um, it's part of the story. It's like, oh, is it your external? Or is it what's, is it what you are, what's occurring internally with you? So it's a very long story that's been unfolding until now but it was kind of like a detox of all control of all stories i my ego wanted to manifest it was preparation and then you had the real experience oh yeah <laughs> and then i it was a long it was a long yeah it was a preparation i was like oh oneness oh beautiful oh freedom and i was like whoa how do i go back with this to the city to los angeles um kind of depressing I don't know what's going to happen and then I was sitting in nature like after everybody thing everything was packed I was packed up and then the physical dimension was like almost like 
it's a long story that I'm not going to get into. I'm actually going to write about it, but it's only fully integrating now after like six years and the whole process, it was like also guided. There was like <laughs> a being there that was unseen that was guiding me through it, blowing smoke on me and purifying my pineal gland. And so it was a very process that way, was way beyond my ego and my control. And I was brought back into the source field with no body. And I literally, until my heart opened, I was like, oh, we're here to experience, source is here to experience multiple aspects of itself in order to expand love. And it was like the deepest cry. And then I started getting a body again when I understood what love was again. I was like, oh, because there was like nothing. It was like eternal black death <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Until I started feeling these energetic tears stream down. I didn't have a body, but it was like almost like an energetic week and an opening of the heart. And then it was like a long process of different timelines and dimensions of me actually coming back to my body. And then when I went back to LA, it was a whole other long process of, you know, some people say their Kundalini awakening was so beautiful and profound and clear. Mine was really horrible, like really, 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 really horrible and messy. And so I know there'll come a time where I'll share it because I'm sure other people have had messy Kundalini awakenings where that energetic energy to source awakens within them and they feel like they're being moved. Mine was very, very messy. And still being, it's only some people, it takes years for them to integrate it. it. That kundalinic energy, which is your own, your own unique life force being moved by source. That's the way I interpret it in the earth realm. That guides you. A lot of information, but. <laughs> yes. You know what? This has been a great interview. I didn't know what to expect, to be honest, because I kind of prepared this without in an impromptu way i didn't really i was like oh right should be a good interview let's sort that out and uh <laughs> here we are and yeah i definitely want to talk to you again because i like talking to you yeah and honestly i want to shift my podcast a bit to instead of i need to do another episode now mm -hmm. you know it's just like that will be another enjoyable conversation yeah because um, i think that's what that's people really to want to see anyway oh my god i love watching they're my two favorite teachers phil good and Lori ladd they hop on instagram live whenever they want I do and instead like of them, talking yeah. on the phone they talk to each other and i just love hearing them because when two people come together for plain exploration it is so expansive like you being here with me is expanding me it's expanding you like and and like we are so different and that's how much space we create for people to enter and play like people that resonate with you people that resonate with me i feel like they get popped like popcorns another p but everybody begins popping like feeling the heat and popping like popcorns right so you want to be a big yummy popcorn bowl to feast on together <laughs> <laughs> well <I'm> different... <laughs> um layla and uh viewers um, let's play again sometime. So, uh, bye yeah. for now. Yeah. Thank you.